1: Welcome to the New Books Network. The rise of artificial intelligence is on everybody's mind today. What is artificial intelligence, which is routinely abbreviated AI? What is it going to do to society? Will it take away our jobs? Can machines really think better than human beings? Isn't the creation of culture beyond the capacity of a machine? These questions and more gnaw at us as we try to make sense of the world that AI is bringing into being. Welcome to International Horizons, a podcast of the Ralph Bunch Institute for International Studies that brings scholarly and diplomatic expertise to bear on our understanding of a wide range of international issues. My name is John Torpy and I'm director of the Ralph Bunch Institute at the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. We're fortunate to have with us today, Luciana Lazzaretti and Stefania Oliva of the University of Florence in Italy, where I had the good fortune to spend a year once Luciana Lazzaretti is professor of economics and management in the department of the same name at the University of Florence. She's director of the doctoral school of social sciences at the University of Florence and is also a member of the board of the Italian national PhD program in sustainable development and climate change. She recently published a book titled The Rise of the Algorithmic Society and the Role of Arts and Culture, uh, which was published by Edward Elgar in 2023. Stefania Oliva is uh, assistant professor in economics and management at the University of Florence as well. She holds a PhD in economics from the University of Florence and was a research fellow there from 2017 to 2022. She and Professor Lazzaretti have co-authored a number of papers uh, together, including The Emergence of Artificial Intelligence in the Regional Sciences, a literature review which appeared in the journal European Planning Studies. Thank you for joining us today, Luciana Lazzaretti and Stefania Oliva.
2: Thank you so much to everybody. And first of all, I want to thank uh, Professor Closby for his kind invitation. And I also would like to thank also Professor uh, Zukan that it is uh, because we are here about her invitation because she was so kind to do an engagement to my book. So. This is very nice for me, and uh, will be a pleasure also to do this kind of registration. Uh, I'm here with uh, Stefania Oliva that uh, works uh, in a project uh, that is an improvement of my book. And uh, I will be very happy if uh, at the end of this presentation, we can give you a general idea about uh, this uh, project.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Professor Torpe for having us here. We are very honored to share with you some of our research and our new future investigation on the topic of artificial intelligence and the role of culture.
1: Great. Well, it's great to have you both here. And uh, obviously, as I said at the beginning of my introduction, uh, the topic you're working on is on everybody's lips and on everybody's mind. So uh, I expect this to be a very uh, illuminating conversation. So but let's just start at the beginning. I mean, what what is artif- artificial intelligence? Everybody's heard about it now, but probably very few people really know what it is. What kind of an innovation is it? And what would you say are its main features?
2: Yes, what I have done in this book is something of different because I'm a professor of economics of culture, so I try to tell another story about uh, this uh, artificial intelligence. So it's a story, it's a narrative story, it's not uh, indeed a technological one. Uh, I try to use other lens to discuss about uh, this question. Uh, in general, when we want to define artificial intelligence, you use a lot of concepts, a lot of tools, something like, I mean, big data, algorithm, machine learning, and so on. These are, are just concepts or tools. Uh, but my idea is that we have uh, artificial intelligence as a new technological and economic paradigm, starting from the study of Rima and Carlotta Perez, for instance. Because what is changed are not only the technological progress, but also the impact into the society. And when you speak about society, obviously you speak about the culture of the society. So, uh, the general idea is to underline that uh, we arrive at this point uh, thanks to three main theories that uh, uh, allowed this rise uh, you know uh, network science complexity science and neuroscience these three disciplines converge towards artificial intelligence so everybody is speaking about that and a new discipline emerge. Which kind of discipline? The discipline is maybe called data science. And uh, artificial intelligence, big data, and machine learning are a complex ecosystem where humans and machine coexist. This was my idea. Uh, artificial intelligence is an innovation. Absolutely, a disruptive innovation. So we spend a lot of time to discuss about that. If you want to speak in economics, you know. Okay. But I want to remember only some feature. I put uh, ten feature and discuss in my book about this feature because the book is divided in three part mainly. Uh, the first part is. is start with to try a a definition, an idea, I don't want to use the word definition, an idea what artificial intelligence means. Uh, And then what is much important is the impact into the society, because my book is about the rise of algorithmic society, is the point. So I try to collect some idea thanks to a lot of friends that come from this discipline, because this book was done during pandemic, and I get the possibility to read a lot of things, thanks to a lot of friends that come from different disciplines. So I would like to have a general idea about the contest. So the second part is about uh, about this, how change the uh, society, which kind of tools we have, and so on and so on. So I realize as an economist, I have to change everything. Mm. I have to change my view. And and I I in the, the second part I discuss a little bit about impact in economic sense, much more economic sense. But the most innovative part is the part that discusses the role of culture. The role of culture in the sense of art. Arts and culture, because I am Italian, you know. So for me, this is a perspective. But uh, the uh, the culture may be both uh, two face both mm-hmm. maybe three, and an opportunity, and can be uh, something that facing the the artificial intelligence give us uh, not a solution but a perspective. This is in general the idea. So the future are attractiveness, multidisciplinary, pervasiveness, so speed the connectivity, the transversality, the cross-fertilization, the disruptive character and the opacity. So there is a big dark side of artificial intelligence too that we have to discuss. And I am here because I think that here, United States, because you have before us to to use this kind of innovation, you can give us some insight about the future much more than we have in Europe, because if phenomena start before here. So uh, if you want to to speak about artificial intelligence, I try to stress, a dramatic story, it's a creative story. So I don't want to be like a computer scientist, you know, but as a professor of culture, as an artist, uh, because algorithmic society is a narrative of the past, an underlying past, because everything is constructed on data that belong to the past, not to the future. So you manage information, but this information and data are information of the past and you pretend to decide the future. Mm -hmm. So it's a story, the the born of Artificial Intelligence is a story of creativity and counterculture. Uh, it all began in California in the last uh, 60 by a group of engineers, hackers, white males, and bit hippies. Most of them protest the Vietnam world, but some of them inside a garage dream to change a world. And the pioneers of the web are not afraid to take into account what never an economist have to do, this is a unit of the analysis. Mm-hmm. The unit of the analysis for them was to analyze everything without setting limits of space and time, except those of the web. And this is completely the contrary of what we teach at our university. So this is a dream. And the dream now is not a dream anymore, is reality. Right. Uh, who are the protagonists of this revolution? Uh, what have they done? What they live? So, what is very important is to underline that inventors were engineers, scientific dimension. This was the point computer scientists, Brand, Birn, Sli, Job, Kutaraji, Zuckerberg, and so on. Everybody belongs, not just to humanities. So normally in Italy, you think that creativity and art belong to humanities. No, in this case, we are discussing about science. And the other point is that is a special science because it's not science for health, it's not science for, I mean, uh, biology, no. They focus on entertainment and communication. So you use science, for entertainment and communication that normally belongs to social science, you know. And so we have uh, iPad, iPhone, PlayStation, social network, and so on. So the impact is into the social dimension, first of all, than in scientific dimension. Can
1: can I just interrupt for a second? I mean, as it happens, I just heard Walter Isaacson the other night talk about his new book about Elon Musk. Oh. And you probably know his biography of Steve Jobs. But uh, and he was making the point that, you know, there was this uh, that Steve Jobs was very insistent that things weren't, you know, just strictly scientific, uh, (laughs) technical kind of developments that, you know, you had to also read, you know, culture, you had to read literature, you had to read uh, or know about, you know, artistic developments in order to really create. I don't know if he intended a disruptive technology exactly, but to to uh, create something that really would change the world, right? It couldn't be purely a kind of uh, scientific, technical innovation, that that wouldn't really move the needle, as we say. No. So I wonder, I mean, it sounds like that's in effect what you're saying as well. So
2: maybe yeah. I, yeah. I find the right point of view to, right, to discuss. Right, about right, right. Because, I mean, at the end of the story, the, the apple mm-hmm. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that you see something that is technical, is beautiful. Right. So he, he want to enjoy, to, mm-hmm. to have a relation with, mm-hmm. with technology. Mm-hmm. This is the point. Mm-hmm. So I, in this sense, I say some positive things, because this is a vision of the creator. Mm-hmm. It's not only a vision of a scientist at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a, a special person mm-hmm. in, in, we have found in, in our in our history such mm-hmm. kind of, of a person that combine, starting from uh, from Leonardo da Vinci. Well, I was going to gonna say watch. Leonardo
1: da Vinci <laughs> yeah. plays it's a significant story. role in these people's thinking. Yes, but about these what I think
2: uh, that this is a very special moment uh, in our life because. I, I want to speak about Leonardo da Vinci because uh, uh, the cross fertilization and discipline mm-hmm. is particularly uh, important in this moment. At the end of the 90s, when I was a student, maybe some students listen to me now, I don't know. Uh, uh, the things are quite clear, you know, mm-hmm. or defined. When you're speaking about technology, we're speaking about uh, Technology transfer, mainly, mm-hmm. because we have technology, we have the stable world and so on. And so for us, yes, we have done some revolution in 68, but mm-hmm. after there is sunny, you know, mm-hmm. the horizon were clear, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, so this guy, I think. Uh, that uh, thinks in a positive way maybe this guy being Steve Jobs yes yes this is the point yeah it's completely different from Elton Musk for me
1: yes
2: absolutely in in, in this I don't want to discuss about that but I am discussing about creativity for creativity because they want to take care about everything what the dream first of all and and now it's much more practice I I think I don't know. Mm-hmm. Everybody is uh, is an inventor and an innovator. Mm-hmm. Both of them are, but I don't know enough the mm-hmm. story of uh, of um, yeah, Musk. Musk. No, I don't know enough. But uh, before to go over, I want to stress another point that is important for me that uh, I am study uh, regional development. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of innovation uh, was born in a creative place. Which creative place? University, mm-hmm. research center, startup, cultural district. So it's important this point, mm-hmm. because if you remember the story of Zuckerberg, of, uh, for instance, mm-hmm. you, you started with the story of social network in Boston and so on,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but to transform this idea into an innovation. You have to to go to California because you need venture capitalists to do that. So this is the relation between uh, the uh, innovation and invention Mm -hmm. in some way. That is not the same things. Not every invention became innovation because innovation is an economic Mm phenomenon. This was it.
1: So, I mean, I'm sort of interested in, like you, you suggested at one point that this uh, technology is disruptive, and I'm, I'm sort of curious, you know, what does that mean? I mean, economists use the notion of a general purpose technology, mm. like electricity, mm-hmm. and sort of propagation of electricity to homes and businesses and industrial uh, installations and things like that. And I mean, is... Is uh, artificial intelligence, you know, a, a general purpose technology in the same way that's going to, you know, sort of make a massive difference in uh, in productivity? I mean, you probably know this famous comment of Robert, the Nobel Prize winning economist Robert Solow about how, you know, we can see the productivity numbers of the you know computer revolution. Uh, I, I forgot now exactly how he put it, but we we can see the computer revolution everywhere except in the productivity numbers, I think was the thing. And so um, I guess I'm sort of wondering how you think about the economic kind of significance of this innovation. Uh,
2: this innovation is disruptive in the sense that, uh, for instance, we use iPhone. Everybody and I, has that phone. Uh, you have not anymore your clock, for instance. So, we know <laughs> we don't on. have so right. disruptive means that you don't need any more clock. Clock watch is a ju- watch. just watch, sorry, yeah, it is it, just for collection, right? Or
1: well, it's to keep I mean, track of your steps, yes, I think, and your heart rate.
2: <laughs> so, is this chapter... About this reason, because there is a concentration of use in the same tool, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and so what's happened about the other the other firms doing the other things? So mm-hmm. they don't exist anymore because the function was done by another another tool, yeah. and this is in the sense it's disruptive, right. but it's also innovative. Mm-hmm. and started from the story of Schumpeterian, the Schumpeterian story mm-hmm. that the cre- creativity is a disruptive creativity so mm-hmm. when, when you when
1: creative like, destruction
2: creative destruction so, right. sorry 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 and and but but the change the change, the change of digital transformation I think now is much more uh, important for the social Dimension because we have many transformation, I go back to to I, I have a look for to, to find again a definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart Brand says mm-hmm. uh, the inventor of the term personal computer said, "You cannot change human nature, but you can change tools. Mm-hmm. You can change techniques." And that way you can change civilization, Mm -hmm. And this is what happened when Mm -hmm. I... This was the point. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want, I can continue about the change because the change are so important. I have discussed about uh, the change of the system of value, Mm -hmm. the change of the logic of scientific discovery, Mm -hmm. the data... Are different mm-hmm. the research methodology because I am a professor, I am a researcher. So what uh, I what we see now that we have to change completely our research methodology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the business, the product, the sector are change, and uh, I think and also the nature of capitalism and the concept of work. There is a lot of important important. Uh, analysis now on the concept of work, but uh, uh, also the role of culture and the territories is changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, i give some example if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, the value system uh, is different. What we had before. We think that we have to, to do a very hard work. Now everybody's speaking about pleasure. What is important is the substantial of the things. And now as much more to speak about accessory. (laughs) Uh, I I give an example about about, uh, the the meal. The young people now don't go to the dinner or to the lunch. They go to uh, aperitives. Aperitivo. Aperitivo. To
1: have a drink before. You have the
2: drink before. So Before
1: dinner. The, or,
2: yes, yeah. but, but normally, for instance, in Italy, they have only this one. They don't have a dinner. They just take uh, some uh, some tapas, uh-huh. some uh, something to drink, right. and that's all. And then go to event. They don't go to dinner because it's too expensive. Mm. This is one thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the specialization not so important, but it's much more important the communication. Mm-hmm. The true is not uh, only one, but you have another idea of post-true. Mm-hmm. Uh the the space and the time are not defined but became undefined because intangible things are not defined. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the human capital and the talent now became prosumers because they produce information for free, given this one. And uh, uh, the game, the game become an educational scheme for an entire society. And the most relevant cultural industry now is that one of video games. Mm -hmm. Before we discussing about books, we discussing about movie, we discussing about uh, audio vision and so on. And now as an economist, you can say that the video game is the most important cultural industry in this time, Mm -hmm. in this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a story, but
1: I mean, I don't want to Well, can I, can I intervene and just uh, say that, um, you know, your categories included or your, your sort of before and after uh situations described or you know you mentioned truth and post-truth and of course you know among the other things about ai that people are nervous about is you know and maybe most fundamentally this concern about whether truth is going to be in a way identifiable anymore i mean basically you know a lot of this has to do with concerns about political misinformation or disinformation um but you know i mean there's also been as you probably know a kind of movement in the social sciences and humanities in the last few decades that has itself called you know truth into question right i mean that was not because ai generated papers that seemed like a real thing that somebody actually wrote uh, but rather, for various kinds of philosophical reasons, they doubted their, you know, the reliability, essentially, of truth. So, so I mean, I think this gets at one of the kind of ne- very negative or potentially very negative aspects of AI, uh, uh, on which a lot of attention has been focused, it seems to me, in recent months and years. Uh, but then, you know, there's also the kind of uh, positive side of all this that you've I mean I, I keep thinking about a book that I read I can't remember the author now but it's called fully fully automated luxury communism. So in <laughs> contrast to the you know this very worried view of what AI is going to do to us you know there's also this view that you know we're kind of reaching the circumstances that in a way that Karl Marx you know predicted or hoped for 150 years ago that you know we could stop Having to do all the drudgery and forcing people, you know, who have no other means of survival, to do that sort of thing, and you know, get to the pleasure in life, and you know, do live out our dreams of what we think we could be, and that sort of thing. So I'm curious, you know, how
2: you would uh, it's a big, it's respond a story, to this? Eh? Yeah. It's a big question. This yeah. one. So yeah. what I can say uh, is the true is multiple. And depends on what perspective is considered. Mm-hmm. At the end of the story, it is nothing more than a shared process. Mm-hmm. You have to share the concept of, of truth. Mm-hmm. You can because I mean, uh, what I write in my book, uh, it's the Indian story of the six blind men and the elephant mm-hmm. because everybody touched the right. different parts of right. the elephant and Everyone says a different truth, but at the end they stay all together and said to the king uh, the same things because mm-hmm. he, you, they share. They share. Right. So, uh, uh, if um, in this sense, you can say me also that uh, also at uh, at social network level uh, there is some truth that are shared. Mm-hmm. for instance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So there is not only a real dimension of the story. But uh, in any cases, uh, the truth depends by the community of the humans that decide altogether mm-hmm. that one things may be recognized as a true things, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not. I, I don't think so, that uh, there is only a problem of artificial intelligence. The problem is the humans use artificial intelligence mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, to be able to recognize if uh, something is a fake or is true is depends by at the end of the story by education of the people and the capacity of the people to recognize the things and speak maybe with the other and say maybe everybody is speaking about one things so these uh, things became true for the community for the community so Mm-hmm. Uh in Italian you say voce di popolo voce di dio
1: mm-hmm.
2: the book, so. voice
1: of the people, the voice of God. Oh,
2: God. Yeah. And, uh, maybe uh, it's not true, mm-hmm. but for the community, your reputation is that. Mm-hmm. And so in it it depends about, to, about to, is, is considered. There is a lot of philosopher, for instance. Uh, Ferrari said that he's speaking uh, a lot about the concept of true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I discuss a little bit of this uh, this question mm-hmm. into into the book, and uh, obviously uh, the the artificial intelligence in uh, in this topic is very relevant, mm-hmm. and uh, and we have to have. Then new tools to, to recognize the things. Uh, when I write this book, uh, Charter GBT doesn't exist mm-hmm. because right. I finished the book uh, during the pandemic. Yes. So th- that was uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, in two years, everything changed. Mm-hmm. So um, the speed of this phenomena is right. not... Uh, um, it's too difficult for the humanities, because right. the adaptation that mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. uh, is not a physiological a- adaptation right. to this phenomena. Right. So you can believe or not believe, mm-hmm. I, uh, but you need to go back to the critical capacity of the people. So in this sense, I think uh, that education is very important. Just to give you an example, what I thought call the story of ChatGPT, when I go back uh, to Italy, I'm, I'm thinking here about that. How, how can I can manage these tools? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the first uh, the first week, I can say to my students, please close your phone, or your, your computer, and we discuss. Mm-hmm. The day the week after, we can uh, give them uh, uh, research topics
1: mm-hmm.
2: on. Gbt mm-hmm. and see what emerged and then the other the other week discuss together that one and mm-hmm. try to go in depth to mm-hmm. the different argument but at the oral dimension mm-hmm. not right but, oral because I right. want to see the person directly to so see the eyes and so on. So if they had understand you mm-hmm. recognize uh, but if you remain always online, mm-hmm. if you remain always uh, mediate by the tools, mm-hmm. it's difficult to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, go back to the method of, and the scientific uh, research. Uh, one thing uh, that was impressive uh, for me that uh, is the story of, uh, of, of, of data. Mm-hmm. Because for us uh, for her maybe for stefania and for uh, for uh, for you maybe um the data are not always accessible mm-hmm. and uh and we have to work hard to find information mm-hmm. and to collect and then try to theorize and formulate some hypotheses and so mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. uh now the data, uh, are, uh, free, mm-hmm. uh, the data are for free maybe manipulate the data are researched to find the only correlation because what is important to have a lot of data and find correlation and similarity to identify the emerging partners from big data mm-hmm. so that means uh, the story of the theory uh, the the data the data speaks uh, speaks by themselves uh, mm-hmm. is what uh, the some speak con- for themselves, mm-hmm. for themselves uh, mm-hmm. what, what says some 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 computer scientist mm-hmm. this was the point so we are in the era without theory
1: mm-hmm. and,
2: and this is another big problem right. so we discuss about that which kind of theory mm-hmm. for a data driven society right and and this is a, another important point. So the competition is not more to the capacity to theorize or to do some uh, some exercises with uh, mathematics, and with statistics, and so on. Mm-hmm. But the competitive advantages is the computational capacity of of the algorithm mm-hmm. and the access to the database. So mm-hmm. is a financial. Mm -hmm. capacity Mm -hmm. in some way Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is another big problem right
1: right well i mean this has been a fascinating exploration but i wanted to give uh, stefania and i realize i've been mispronouncing your name but uh no problem i I wasn't sure where the accent fell um but you were going to tell us a little bit about the project that you're doing, kind of growing out of this. Yes, this because after, or... after
2: this book, uh, after this book, uh, that uh, there is no number in this book, just reflection. I see. And this is very small book. I see. Uh, and this is, was uh, an objective yeah. uh, for me. Right. Not too many words, right? just uh, some focus. And then we have done a lot of a lot of work, also using the economics methodology. Mm-hmm. We we try to use uh, to compare econometrics with machine learning mm-hmm. and topic modeling mm-hmm. and and other other techniques that we want to try. Which kind of results give you right. this instrument or the other? Right. But uh, in general, we uh, th- this was by the side of methodology. Mm-hmm. By the side of of the problem, mm-hmm. the problem, our our interest uh, was uh, into the um, European project uh, that was named Change Culture mm-hmm. Heritage and Active Innovation for Next Generation mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. It was about the City of Art because I am study for a long time. Uh, city and mm-hmm. a special city of art, uh, such as uh, Florence and New York, because mm-hmm. for me, New York is also a city of art and not sure. only other things. Yeah. And uh, this is a topic in which one uh, Stefania is uh, involved. If mm-hmm. you want to say something about that.
1: Okay, please do. Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you. Yes. As Professor Lazaretti told, uh, inspired by her work, mm-hmm. several research projects has started, uh, funded by the Next Generation Europe Fund, that is mm-hmm. the, the fund uh, coming from the recovery after COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, especially the project in which we are involved uh, put to the center the topic of cultural heritage and Mm -hmm. how cultural heritage can have a role uh, in front of the new societal challenges, Mm -hmm. such as those of climate change, Mm -hmm. but especially these of artificial intelligence and digital transition. Mm -hmm. Um, We are studying this topic in a very uh, wide research group um, of different universities from Italy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, as our Department of Economics uh, at the University of Florence, we are especially working working on the um, cultural policies for the city transformation and the governance of art cities, Mm -hmm. uh, and the role of uh, cultural organization in the digital transition of the city of art. Uh, We are doing especially uh, three specific research. One is on the city of Florence to try to understand how the um, digital technologies and in cultural organization are changing the reputation of the city and the image of the city Uh, particularly um, uh, looking at the case of Uffizi galleries and uh, the use of uh, social media in the Uffizi galleries and how this can influence uh, the transformation of the city and the image of the city and then uh, working on two Italian uh, former capital of culture
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that are the city of Pistoia and the city of Brescia. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, in this case, to try to understand which can be the role of cultural organization and the use uh, of new digital tools to um, uh, uh, support mm-hmm. uh, the revitalization and transform- transformation and adaptation to the city in uh, the context of digital transition mm-hmm. uh, to drive a cultural aid. Um, uh, generation transformation process. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we are we have started this project uh, in the Next first year first months of the 2023, mm-hmm. so we are still ongoing processes, uh, and uh, we are um, we have just the, some first results in terms of publication and mm-hmm. and presentation of mm-hmm. uh, of this project. But we will see what will happen next uh, with uh, going uh, ahead with these uh, researches.
1: Right. Great. Well, you'll have to come back and tell yeah. us when you when <laughs> you have some results how that project has worked out but that's it for today's episode I want to thank Luciana, Luciana Lazzaretti and Stefania Oliva for their insights into the coming of artificial intelligence and its consequences for contemporary society. Look, look for us on the New Books Network and remember to subscribe and rate International Horizons on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I want to thank Osvaldo Mena Aguilar for his technical assistance and to acknowledge Duncan McKay for sharing his song, International Horizons as the theme music for the show this is John Torpy saying thanks for joining us and we look forward to having you with us for the next episode of International Horizons